eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're you're tuned into It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. The top podcast covering the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. Hosted by Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata at Odyssey Sports Podcast. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. We're running really long on first episode of the week. We already had a recap. Make sure you check that out, Bengals Steelers. And then we'll get into a preview later this week. But now, what we learned, I'm making an executive decision for myself and Mike. We learned that this defense is still legit. And it's not a surprise because if you go into training camp, it was like, 2021 2.0 we saw it last year a lot of people concerned with joe burrow and training camp this offense is struggling jamar chase can't catch up football in preseason this defense looks legit well that's kind of concerning is this defense legit what do we know from trey hendrickson can he repeat what he did with the saints he did and we're seeing this defense really gel together again yes i think you have to take in consideration what offense you were facing in the pittsburgh steelers but they're still an nfl squad there's still an offense out there. Mitch Trubisky is still a vet NFL quarterback. But I think the biggest thing that we learned from that game on Sunday is you got you could have a top 10 defense at the end of the season. And, and maybe I said top eight. A lot of people don't put them in top five. That could possibly happen if they stay healthy. But I'm at top 10 right now. I don't know how you feel about rankings. But what did you learn from this defense on Sunday? Uh, yeah, yeah, just I think they are a legit good defense. It wasn't just the playoffs where he's scheming everything up for the opponents and lose just masterminding all of this. I think they're a legit good defense when they're healthy. And uh, I know it's not the craziest offense to face, although kind of with what Matt Canada does, but like, they're not, you know, it's not an elite quarterback. It's not an elite offensive line run game, all those things. But what they do is just, they're very sound. They got no turnovers, which is the only issue I think, or sacks. But, I mean, they forced so many punts. Presley Harvin came out there so many times to punt that ball back. Um, overall, I was very impressed with them, uh, mostly just 
such a love for DJ Reader and what he does for this defense is just a reminder. What we learned is just like, let's just not take this guy for granted. He is, I think, in my opinion, the best nose tackle in the league. Why doesn't DJ Reader get the credit he deserves? Because everybody loves splash plays. They love sacks. They love, uh, you know, interceptions and things like that. Even our, even the Bengals fans, they, they don't always list, or, or they usually don't list DJ Reader as the number one player on this defense because Trey Hendrickson can get 15 sacks or, you know, Chidobe Wuzier has a whatever PFF score in coverage and, you know, Jesse Bates or somebody gets some interceptions. So, and Logan Wilson gets interceptions. But I think at their job, the guy who's the best at what he does is DJ Reader. And uh, I, I just think we need to give him the credit he deserves, both as a fan base and then also nationally needs to recognize both. One, just nose tackles are different than these three techs that also go out to edge and, you know, rack up sacks. It's not fair for DJ to be going against those guys for Pro Bowl voting and stuff. And they've got those numbers and all pro voters, not going to say they don't watch, but you know, they think they see some big sack numbers and they're more inclined to give that guy the award. Just make nose tackle its own thing. DJ Reader would have been a first, first team all pro nose tackle last season and played like it again in this first game. So I think DJ Reader is awesome. I think the reason he doesn't get any love is because of the love of splash plays and things like that. But I mean, I know splash plays are fun, but I, and this went viral off of my Twitter. He had this one rep where he gets hit and he's off balance. And I immediately thought, oh, what a nice block. But he puts his right foot down, completely catches himself with like a thousand pounds of force on balance. He's like 330 pounds. He got hit with probably 600 pounds of force on that double team. And throws James Daniels onto his face all the way over. And then makes a tackle from a split. I was like, oh my goodness. That is the best play I think I've seen from the Bengals defense. Maybe since Geno Atkins was there. You know, like that was just insane type stuff to be that strong, that flexible, and have that much balance and coordination. And at 330 pounds. I know they always want to post RAS scores and all this stuff. That's what an elite nose tackle athlete looks like. One that can stay on his feet and toss a, throw a guy, another man. That's a professional football player that most of this fan base wanted the Bengals to sign. Throw him about five yards across the line onto his face and make the tackle. It needs more love. That is such a cool play. And then he had a bunch of other run stops and he even got some pressures. He got a couple quarterback hits, no sacks, of course, but you know, he was getting back there and hitting Trubisky. It, you know, he was part of one of the worst sandwiches I could think of where I'm getting hit by Trey Hendrickson and DJ Reader at the same time. The thing about DJ Reader, though, you mentioned all pro voters. I don't think they watch the NFL. All of them watch the NFL, to be completely honest. I think that's a lot of highlight tapes, what they see on social media. They're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the guy. It's not, a, it's not a name I'm going to recognize. But one thing that's really funny about DJ Reader, when this club signed him, I remember 2020, Obviously, everybody's hyped because this team is going to draft Joe Burrow in a couple weeks after they they started free agency. But it was the start. It was like day one of free agency and nothing. It was crickets in Cincinnati. Oh, the team's not doing anything. They're not going to sign anybody. And then like right at the deadline, like DJ Reader's coming to Cincinnati. And I think it was just like the start 
of a really fun beginning when it comes to the free agency signings, what they've been able to do over the last couple, two and a half years in the front office. And, and DJ Reader really started it. I remember him saying that a big reason why he came to Cincinnati is he knew that Joe Burrow was obviously going to get drafted here. And who did he want to go play with? Joe Burrow or another quarterback that was not going to be Joe Burrow. And he decided to come here because of Burrow. So I think that's really huge. But yeah, I hope the guy gets gets what he deserves this year. And I hope people really see, you know, what a big part of the defense and just a leader overall DJ Reader can be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We'll go to the rookie, Dax Hill. He was a big talk of preseason because you don't have a whole lot of starters out there. Didn't play in the last preseason game, which I felt like was smart for this defense. When you think of the safety room, Jesse Bates, Von Bell, and Dax Hill, the defense looks a little different because of the offense they were facing in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tell the people why we didn't see Dax Hill that much in his de- in his rookie debut. Yeah, I think the big one with that is that they're saving him as a weapon against uh, lethal passing passing offenses. I I don't think they were overly concerned about Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers' passing offense and their offensive line being able to protect him. So I think they were more so thinking we don't need to use Dax Hill too much. Third and long, he got a few runs. What did he get? Six, seven snaps, and he played well when he was in there. But when uh, when you're thinking about it, I think you won't see him. You could see him against Miami quite a bit, I think. They've got weapons at the very least, even if whatever you think of Tua, they have Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And then I also think you could – I was just talking about passing offense, but you could see him against uh, the Ravens and Lamar, where I think you might want to get that really athletic body onto the field to combat those – to combat that team. Um, but otherwise – Chiefs, Bills, all those teams, that's what he's they're saving him for. They're not saving him for the Steelers passing offense unless they show something and they need to make a mid-game adjustment and they didn't in this one. So that's I think why you didn't see so much Dax Hill. I don't think that one's so much like I was talking about with Chris Evans where I think the coaching staff doesn't love him as much as the fans. I think the coaching staff loves Dax Hill because they rested him in that final preseason game. They talk him up a lot. They were ready to start him if they needed to, although they always knew Jesse was coming back. So I think they like him a lot. They want to use him. It's just against the Steelers, they pretty much just played the main guys. Yeah, so you think that, obviously, you talked about the Miami game. You get Dallas coming up. I I don't want to get too much into it because we'll preview it on Thursday, but Cooper Rush, you don't see Dax Hill being a big part of the defense on Sunday? I don't predict it. I I guess you could – the one way I think it could happen is what they think of Dalton Schultz in the tight end room and whether or not they think they might need to put a Dax Hill on the field to defend a Dalton Schultz type. But if I'm guessing, they still like Trey Flowers in that role. They still use plenty of different bodies. Hey, Von Bell had a great rep against Pat Fryermuth in the end zone. Uh, so they, they have guys to defend the tight ends. I think it's going to be more teams that want to spread them out and slice and dice and They're going to bring Dax Hill out as a really good coverage defender and use him that way injuries. He'll get a ton of run because he is first off the bench for either safety, but 
um, until they play a passing offense that they're really worried about. I don't think you'll see a ton of him. He'll probably play in every game, but I don't think you'll see a ton of him until they play against like a Chiefs, Bills, Buccaneers type offense. We say that and he'll come in and like have the team's first interception of, on the defensive side because who knows what's going to happen on Sunday. I feel like it's going to be madness, honestly, with Cooper Rush. I have no clue what's going to happen so far in week two of the NFL. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But yes, fans, it's okay. Dax will be a big part of this defense when it's necessary. I want to stay with just kind of the defensive side and the secondary, the cornerback room. Eli Apple, he's your guy. He gets some criticism out there. A lot of people who don't watch Cincinnati think he's going to get burned every time he's out there. But what did you think of the the secondary and Eli Apple on Sunday? I'm scared to be Eli Apple. That's my guy. <laughs> but <laughs> oh, sorry. I should no, it's okay. Little... Yeah, no, it's oh, fine. I'll I'll wrap, I'll wrap up a little bit. Maybe I, think I should he was like, take that back a little bit. But someone, <laughs> like, all right. I, I I didn't know what I did to be the Eli Apple guy. I but, you know what? I'll take it. Said that it's probably too many people who are telling me that Eli Apple is their guy. So I, I was I was saying the entire offseason that Eli Apple was going to start. Like I didn't think Cam Taylor Britt was taking his job by week one and probably not until an injury just because I think the coaching staff really likes him. And I think he's solid and he came out and he was solid against the Steelers. I think he played well enough. It's kind of like when you watch him every other time where you have, you're sitting on edge worried because of what Eli Apple has been. But every time I watch him, I go, he's fine. He's solid. And he does a good job tackling. Um, well, <laughs> that Deontay play was very weird. <laughs> That's what I keep thinking about where, he didn't really tackle him, but he didn't get the first down either. It was just very weird where he sticks the ball out, but is the ball's out of bounds, so it doesn't count. So I think he does a fine job, though. I think he's a fine cornerback, too. I, I'm i not terrified every time he's on the field. I hope he never makes me eat those words. Um, Dallas doesn't really have – I mean, I guess if they can get C.D. Lamb on him, you have a little bit of worry, but otherwise they don't really have another guy that makes you think like, oh, that guy, he's going to be tough for Eli Apple. I don't know. I, I think that for the most part, he's fine. He does a good job when he's asked to do things that aren't um, cover Cooper Cup in the red zone. That was bad. And the thing about it is he's not not, not your guy. Maybe he's not your guy, but he's not, you're not against him. You're like, yeah, Eli Apple is fine. And I feel like that's the perfect way to explain who Eli Apple is in Cincinnati. He's fine. But I, I really wish just for social media world that he would have had the pick six interception when you go to the AFC championship game, because he oh, was yeah. so close. And that would have just like the, the, the app would have shut down for how many people are against this guy. <laughs> Would have had that. So if there's one thing that I wish, I wish we could go back and that happened, even though they get the interception on the next play. But Eli Apple right there, that would have just ended it and then just been absolutely amazing for everyone involved. Uh, I know you're busy. You're breaking down everything out there on social media, your Twitter account, Bengals underscore Sands, but you also have a lot of stuff over on all Bengals after this past Sunday and just looking forward, what's up there? Uh, gonna do a piece on DJ Reader, of course. Uh, I become a parody of myself, and already I'm looking at DJ Reader, and I was just so impressed with him watching the game back over. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta write about it and show everybody just how awesome he was. I can't wait to check it out. And for our producer Nick, we're gonna end a little early because all of our segments have been running over for everyone. We'll have plenty going ahead to looking at Week Two of the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Dallas Cowboys to be determined on how that looks. We'll see back up quarterback and Cooper Rush. 